and welcome to the first uh, episode of Hab at It. Uh, I'm Armand Klethovich. And I'm Kosser Ronzokos. And here is the first ever podcast, like you said. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I guess we can get into that. Um, it was uh, it was definitely a, an interesting end to the year. Ninety six points, kind of uh, kind of rough seeing a team like Columbus going with ninety eight. So there's definitely a lot of positives to that. Then a lot of that came in with uh, with a draft. I know you definitely uh, you definitely like uh, Cole Caulfield and the uh, and the whole draft in total actually. Yeah, definitely. It was it was definitely a good experience again uh, being there for the second second straight year. Yeah, and uh, how did you like uh, Vancouver? How did you like the whole experience? It was it was definitely uh, an experience. Uh, I got a, I spent the last day going whale watching, just exploring the city. So that was really nice. Nice. Was it expensive or? Uh, I actually decided uh, we looked at hotels and it was a joke. I found a great Airbnb at a penthouse for like fifty bucks a night. So. Okay, that's actually pretty good. So, uh, in terms of the whole draft, I think we can say that Montreal really put emphasis on puck moving left-handed defensemen. Um, you know, Jane Schubel, Matthias Norlander, the whole package. They really decided that, you know what, let's, let's reinforce that defense. And, you know, it moved into, obviously, the offseason. You know, Ben Chirot, Nick Cousins. And probably your favorite signing was Keith Kincaid. Uh, what do you think about that one? You know, I, I, I love the move uh, by Montreal signing Kincaid. Uh at the beginning of the offseason, I knew they had options, and uh, after doing my research, I, I like the idea of Kincaid. Um, even though he is coming off uh, his worst year with a 15-28-6 record, goals against, you know, but he's, he's put up solid numbers uh, throughout his career, and I feel like he's the perfect fit for uh, Montreal. Yeah, Mark Bergeron got him uh, got him at pretty cheap. I know the emphasis was uh, backup goaltending, fixing the left side of the defense as, as well as you can, and maybe getting some help uh, to fix the power play. He's definitely helped, in my opinion, the backup goaltending. I think Keith Kincaid is a definite upgrade over Niemi. Mind you, Keith Kincaid played for New Jersey, and New Jersey is not you know, the greatest team in general. Um, so adding him personally, I think that's a good deal. Like you said, um, I think Ben Sherrod will stabilize that, you know, number two and who knows, maybe there's another signing in the near future, but I think Ben Sherrod, number four defenseman, he was probably what we thought Osner was going to be. Uh, and I see a lot of positive for him and, you know, guys like Nick Cousins, who I think could be a good, you know, bottom pairing, not bottom pairing, but bottom trio center, you know, Phil Verone and, and Riley Barber, those guys are good, like 13, 14 forwards or, you know, top uh, AHL players, sort of like what Chris Terry was for the, uh, for St. John. And now it's the uh, Laval, uh, Laval Rockets. So um, I think I think Laval got better. I think Montreal got better. And I think Mark Vangervais has done a pretty decent, uh, he's had a pretty decent offseason. You know, he's also uh, traded Andrew Shaw, lost Jamie Ben, uh, Jamie Ben, Jesus, Jordy Ben. Um, and uh, team looks uh, quite a bit different. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I love I love what Bergeron's done uh, in the offseason, uh, especially with the, with the rumors of possibly having Jake Gardner. Um, but what do you, what do you think about uh, the Habs looking to add Gardner? You know, there's something. You know, had you told me this uh, about a month ago, I would have said, "Yeah, I'm all in." Not that I'm not interested anymore. The difference is. Why is he still unsigned? You, know, it's uh, 
it's August 9th today, and you're wondering, is he asking for too much? Is there lingering back issues? Is there something we don't know? Because, yes, I know a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs are, a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans are quite, not happy, but, you know, seeing Jake Gardner and, and all, you know, what the mistakes he's done in Game 7s and stuff, a lot of fans have, like, a sigh of relief to see Jake Gardner leave. But personally, I think he is, you know, not the perfect left-handed defenseman for Shea Weber, but he's definitely the best available. And I think Jay Gardner has never played with a Shea Weber. And I think Shea Weber, since he came to Montreal, the best defenseman he's had in terms of actual IQ and all is Andre Markov. And we'll get later on in the podcast, we'll talk about him and potentially returning to Montreal. But, you know, Jay Gardner at a two-year max, maybe three, if if that's the, you know, the, the stalemate, around five and a half, six. Um, you can move players around and get some cap relief on that. But, you know, Jay Gardner is definitely a, a good defenseman. And, you know, the the, pro- the real question is, is that why is he still unsigned? I mean, the que- I'm just wondering if he'll take, you know, five and a half, six at this point. Because I know he, he, wa- he wants more than that. Well, a month ago, I think we were talking about, what, seven times seven? Yeah. And, so I think, I, and I also think he's, he's learning that Toronto, you know, also has Marner. I think uh, Toronto at this point is going to lean towards Marner than Gardner. You know what? I think you know they they said Marner was the number one priority, and he's still unsigned. So I don't. I think the days of seeing Jake Gardner in a Leaf jersey are gone, not numbered. But I don't think he's going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. He might go to uh, to Minnesota, where he's he's from. Um, you know, Minnesota is known for having a, a good you know defense factory. They have Suter. They have Brodeen, Spurgeon, Dumba, and company. Um, so personally, I think the options are still open, but I think the more the days the days pass, the harder it will be for him. Um, I think I think Montreal would be a pretty, pretty good destination. I think both parties would be happy with that. Exactly. I mean, I'd be happy with him in Montreal. I mean, like you said, he'd be a perfect number two guy next to Weber. I, I don't see how it could be you know, horrible because Weber at this point, you know, he's getting older. He's not the same defenseman he was maybe a good five, six years ago. So he won't be as, I, I wouldn't say he's not going to be as aggressive or offensive, but he's definitely going to be, let's say, a couple of feet, you know, further in terms of positioning where he would have been a lot higher, let's say, uh, you know, when in his late 20s. So I think Jake Gardner, you know, in terms of rushing the puck and what that does is that, okay, so you put Gardner next to Weber. You put Ben Sherrod next to Jeff Petrie and you move, let's say, Mete and Kulak on your third pair. Or, like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, if there's talks with Andre Markov, you know, you can definitely PTO him. You know, we did this with Joel Ward a couple of years, I think, I believe last year too. There's no harm in bringing some guy in if he accepts the the professional tryout. You know, there's talks with Jason Palmanville as well. So, you know, your roster can be... 50 players deep in preseason, it's it's those days where you have to bring it down to 23 that really matter. So you want to bring in a guy like Markov if, if it doesn't work out with Jay Gardner. Um, you know, Markov on a PTO, like I mentioned, uh, that could be also another option for Montreal. I know he's shown interest in returning. I personally just don't see Mete being... I think Mete is going to be a second-pairing uh, second guy. I don't think he's going to be dropped down all the way down to the third pairing, especially after last year. Since... I say from the moment he came back from Laval, he was a, a different defenseman. Yes, he didn't score. Obviously, he hasn't scored yet. But, you know, it's more of um, the style of play you play and how you 
let's say, rush the puck and how you see plays unfolding, I think Joel Bouchard has definitely changed uh, something about him. And it's all positive, in my opinion. So, yes, I do agree with your Mete uh, analysis that he's, you know, long-term number four. I think that's very, very possible. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's talk about the, the Markov thing, you know. Uh, a few guys they're looking at PTI. I heard rumors about Jason Palmville going around, uh, Andre Markov. I would PTO them. Um, you know, you don't lose anything. It's it's just like a, a a small contract for training camp. You know, if they don't perform, you cut ties. I I think Mark Bergevin and Claude Julian showed that over the years. You know, for example, last year with with Thomas Placanitz and Carl Osner, they started the year as healthy scratches, I believe, for the first three or so games. And, you know, Placanis, you, you, na- you mentioned his name throughout, you know, let's say the city. They have very fond memories of him. And Carl Osner, he has a, a massive contract. So he was in year two last year, and he was a healthy scratch later to be, you know, sent down to, to Laval. I don't think they have a sense of, like, yeah, Markov's a, a Habs legend. We need to keep him. No, if Markov doesn't perform he's not going to be on the team. And it's the same thing for any player, you know, on this team. It's it's the best 23 players that remain on the team. It's not the most, uh, you know, you're not just going to bring in any 23 players. It's the 23 best. And if your name is Thomas Pocanitz, well, you know what? You're not going to play if you're not part of the best 20 to skate. If your name is Andre Markov, same thing. You know, it's, it's always going to be the same thing. E- even with, like, guys like Nate Thompson, you know, who's been very serviceable. If you don't perform better than, let's say, Nick Cousins or, or Ryan Paling or Jordan Wheel, well, the odd man out is going to go to Laval. He's going to be sent on waivers. Same thing for, for Kulak and Foling. If there are players who play better, let's say Noah Juleson or, in this case, Andre Markov, well, you're going to be sent down to Laval. Yeah, um, you know, with Palmville, I, I, I like to see him on the fourth. I think he'd be, he could be a solid addition on the bottom six if he can perform, you know, if Montreal decides to go that route. And I and with Markov, I just don't see. I think Markov's going to be a guy who's going to play, you know, fifty-five, sixty games, maybe. I just don't see Markov's not going to be an everyday guy. I definitely agree on both. Um, I think Markov is more of a, uh, you know, if you bring him, if you bring him in for those nine games, so he can reach the one thousand. I believe it's something like nine, ten games. And if you, you know, you bring him in to say, you know what, we see Victor Mete long term as a offensive. Um, as an offensive defenseman, and that's what Markov was. You know, Markov was more of a two-way, but he had very good offensive abilities. Then he can teach Mete, and he can teach, let's say, Kulak, and and help out Petrie and, and Weber and so on and so forth. And worst-case scenario, you know, just like Placanis did, you know, he he ended up leaving. I know he ended up leaving for overseas, but you you want to stay as an advisor. I think I think Jeff Molson's pockets are pretty deep. I think he can he can have as many advisors as he wants. So. PTOing, I have no issues with that. Will it happen? I think Markov wants a contract. I think, and, you know, if you look at, you know, I think it'd be nice to have a veteran guy like Markov, you know, in Montreal. Because um, you got you also have the veteran guy in Alsner down Laval, and that's another way to look at it, is, you know, you have this veteran guy down Laval who's teaching these kids as well. Um, you know, I, I know yeah. people may not be happy with the term, but, it, you know, look at it. you got a veteran who, who can show these guys the ropes? Well, especially if, if Alsner wants to stay in Laval, which I don't see it being the case, but 
you know, there's a lot of players coming in next year. You know, you have uh, Kale Fleur returning. You have Josh Brook entering the uh, the pro leagues. You have player like, well, you still have Xavier Ouellette, who could be a, you know, more of a mentor too. Uh, Montreal signed Otto Leskinen from, uh, from Finland. He's another uh, player who definitely impressed the development camp. And, um, you know, there's Glenn Inchka, who was there last year. So there's there's a lot of players who um, who fit that mold, like you said. Yeah, you know, like everyone everyone said last year was going to be a rebuilding year for Montreal, and they almost to be the playoffs. I think you know the way the way they're coming into this season, I think they could easily be a playoff team. You know, they ha- they they have the pieces. I think. Well, it it all depends on you know we can say the same thing about like Tampa and and Boston. I think they're going to be up there in terms of one and two um, in the Atlantic. Toronto, yeah. I think they will be number three. Will it be, um, you know, like a 10-point difference? I don't think so. I don't think they're a 10-point different in terms of, of skill compared to Montreal. But it all depends on the Metropolitan. It looks not a bit weaker, but, you know, how many how many of those teams are going to be up there? You know, New York lost Leonard. Leonard was really good last year. Uh, Carolina has not fixed their goaltending uh, issues. And, you know, Mrazic and McAuley played lights out last year. But... Will Mrazic and Reimer be any better? Um, Washington, I think they're going to be up there. Pittsburgh might look to take a step down. Uh, they lost Kessel. They got Galchenyuk. But, you know, Kessel, you knew what you were getting, even though there was, you know, maybe there were issues. Galchenyuk, will he be, a, you know, a 25-30 goal scorer on, on Sid or Malkin's wing? That we don't know. So there's a lot of balls in the air. I mean, Columbus lost four great players. Uh, New Jersey got better. So in terms of the Metropolitan, it's all up in the air, and Montreal just and the needs range, to... the, the, the Rangers also could be a solid team next year. You know, if, if Lundqvist plays like Lundqvist. Well, they need a lot of things to go right. I, I know they got... And they have, they have a they very solid backup, the Rangers. With Gorgiev? Yeah. Yeah, the Rangers could be another wild card. Um, I think Montreal just, Montreal just needs to start winning games a lot earlier in the year and being a lot more consistent throughout the whole year. Exactly. Exactly. I think that that was their problem last year. Right. They they would have a dry spell and it would really drop them down. Uh, what else did we want to talk about? Uh, well, there was the youngsters. You know, we were talking about yeah, possibly uh, Col- seeing Kaling, Suzuki, Kyle Caulfield play, and he he you know the World Juniors Summer Showcase just ended, and um, you know Caulfield just you know he just continued being who he was, scoring goals, scoring. Ridiculous angled goals, uh, just being the uh, sharpshooter that we drafted 15th overall. And I think, I think, uh, I think Poling and Suzuki both start the year in the AHL, but I, I definitely see, you know, if injuries happen, I could see them both being called up. I think that would be a, a good start for both of them. I don't, um, I don't think it's mandatory that we see both in a Montreal. I think seeing one or the other would be a good. Um, not even as a good treat for the fans. It's more, I think they deserve it. Um, you know, which one is more ready than the other? The other, I think Paling has just a better skating ability. So I think he might have an upper hand. Um, and in terms of Suzuki, I think he's just more of a well-rounded player, but Paling fits very well in the system. And I'm not going to say that that one game versus Toronto, uh, solidifies that thought, but it's the way he skates, the way he backtracks, forechecks. The way he handles the pug, the vision he has, I think you have a better chance of seeing Ryan Paling start the year in Montreal versus Nick Suzuki. Yeah, exactly. 
but uh, no, it it gives extra incentive to to people to go to watch you know Laval Rocky game like I mentioned before. Um, you know they added uh, Josh Brook. You have Jake Evans returning. You have Keenan Primo coming from uh, from Northeastern. He's a very you know sought out um, top prospect. You and then you add Paling and Suzuki. Another year of Jean uh, Bouchard. You have I, like I said, the incentive to go and watch these kids play, and it's good for the city of Laval. It's good for the organization. And it's good for the the whole hype around the team. Another thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, Max Domi. He uh, his contract ends uh, at the end of next season. I'm kind of surprised personally that Montreal hasn't, you know, started negotiations with him uh, this off season to possibly get him extended before the season begins. Well, regarding Domi, maybe they they've had, and you know, Montreal's management is very tight-lipped um i think they've had talks i maybe they have a ballpark of of what they might be looking at the reason why we haven't heard it is because it hasn't been reported or it's in the early stages but i think and this is just personal i think max Zomi, what we saw last year is what we'll see this year plus more consistency if the wingers around him are at his level, because, you know, Jonathan Joy is a really good player, but he's not consistent. So Max Domi could have had, let's say, 80-something points, but Joy was in a dry spell. Or or let's say the right winger that he has is not top-line right winger. He's more of a second, third-line right winger, and it just doesn't, you know, the goal scoring isn't there. So I think Max Domi, the sooner you get him signed, you're just going to have to live with a number. Now, what that number is... I don't know what you're thinking around. I'm thinking around seven million, seven point two five. I think that's going to be the the range money wise. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere around there. You know, because if you're looking at the players who score seventy odd points, you know, and making around or making around seven million, you're looking at, you know, for example, Max Pacioretty, who just got a, a seven million dollar contract. I think Max Zomi is a little more consistent, mind you. You know, it was only year one in Vegas, so that's a that's a bit of a different scenario, but. Max Domi is the driving force of the offense. And the more you wait, I think the the bigger risk you run in him hitting, not going to say he's going to hit 85 points or, or 90 to say the least, but if he's in the 80-point range, he might ask for more than 7. He might ask for 7.58 million. And, you know, I would give him that money because Montreal needs him, but... You know, you could have avoided that. So that's why I would sign him a lot sooner than, you know, at the end of the year. Exactly. And I guess that's why, you know, you know, by missing out on Matt Duchesne and guys like, let's say, Gus Nyquist and all these guys. And, you know, I don't think they were in Artemi Panarin, but by saving that money. And he, he mentioned that, I, I think, before the draft, you have players like Max Domi, Kotka Niemi. These young kids are going to have to get paid in a few years. And the way it's looking, nobody takes bridge contracts anymore. And if they do, it's a lot higher cap-wise. You know, nobody takes those two, three-year deals at like four and a half anymore. It's, they take the five-year deals at 8.59 million or or stuff like that. You know, these guys that Montreal has that are going to need contracts, they can't afford to let them go like Domi and Kotkanemi and guys like that. They they they're both very solid pieces on the team. They're they're in theory you could say they're both foundational offensive pieces at least at the moment. They're your you know they have the highest ceiling. You know Gallagher might be the best goal scorer you have right now on the on the professional team, 
but the ceiling is maybe let's say 30 goals, but it's not 70, 80 points, you know, somewhere around that 55, 60 point. However, Kotkaniem and Domi have that 70, 75 point range potential. Yeah, and I, I liked what I saw from him last year. In, in terms of, in Kotkaniemi, yeah, for sure. You know, obviously, you know, when you place him with guys like Lekanin and, and Armia, you're not going to expect him to score a lot of points. Not that those guys are, um, not that those guys are terrible players. It's just that they don't have the offensive abilities, or at least the high end offensive abilities, to get Kotkaniemi that 55, that 50, 55 point range. At least right now, I think if you give him better, better wingers, he's gonna have players who can at least finish on his plays because he made passes last year. Where you know, if you had someone who could finish better, there's some extra assists. Exactly. And you know, I think even he surprised everybody last year. You know, everyone was thinking, you know, maybe you see him in Montreal for the nine games, and then they send him back. But but he he performed all year long. Well, if you had attended rookie camp, which I did, I attended the the the, the summer showcase back in uh, it was at Place Bell. He was really overpowered, and oddly enough, you know Brady Kachuk in Montreal played um, Ottawa, and Brady Kachuk always had that edge on Kotkaniemi. And you know, many people said, "Yeah, well, that's Brady Kachuk, and he's going to start the season in Ottawa, and you know, blah blah blah." And everybody said, "Yeah, Kotkaniemi, it's obvious he's definitely not starting in Montreal." And I had that same idea. I thought, you know what? Well, we've seen him this year in 2019, 2020, but he surprised all of us. And the fact that he came in, you know, it also gave Mark Bergevin, you know, if he was going to go and trade assets for a center, well, he kept those assets. So Kotkaniemi starting on the third on the third, uh, third line. You have Domi on the first and Dano in the second, or let's say Dano first and Domi second. Well, your patience, you can have it a lot more. You know, now that you have Ryan Paling coming in, instead of going out and, and trading assets for a center that might not be there long-term. Yeah, exactly. Now, adding to that, you have any, like, predictions for for training camp? you have anything, like, uh, what you what you expect to see, what you hope to see? Yeah, I, I think the real thing is going to be the bottom two lines for Montreal. Um, I think that's really their biggest question mark. I think that's going to be solidified in training camp and during preseason. But... Besides that, I like I like where the team is right now, and I like what they did in the offseason. You know, it. I think the contracts that they signed players to, like let's say Ben Sherrod, because I think he's the you know the biggest name that the Habs got. But they didn't sign him to a big year. They didn't a uh, big sorry. They didn't sign him to a long term deal. They didn't sign him to a big cap hit. So let's say in two years, you know, let's say Romanov comes in next year and he he comes and he plays a a big big man's game and you know he outperforms. Ben Sherrod, well, perfect. You have a $3.5 million player at, let's say, a two-year or one-year left on his contract. Very easy contract to move. And Ben Sherrod, if he plays well, well, you get good assets for him. So I think the contracts you'll be seeing, if he signs players to short-term deals or players like the No and Pichu, whose contracts are coming up in the next few years, he might trade them, you know, so he can get give prospects the chance to to play like Suzuki and Paling and, and Romanov and Brook. And I think it's, it's like you said, it's moving in the right direction. There's a lot more positive than negative. And I think this year is going to be possibly in that 100-point range. I think they're going to be going up. Yeah, and, there's, and I think there's no point, they, there's no doubt they can get a good return for Petrie. 
Oh, that if Petrie has another season like that last year. Oh yeah, exactly. He's gonna get treated, you know, because because let's not forget the expansion draft is right around the corner. I know it it looks a bit far away, but it's coming. So I think guys like Petrie, um, if if Kotkaniemi plays really really well and Max Domi continues to shine at center, you know, yeah, we love Philip Beno, but we you can get a great haul for a two C that's a you know two way. Um, he can put up 50, 55 points with good wingers. There's another player who you can get a really good haul for. And instead of having to protect them in the expansion draft, same thing with Paul Byron. You know, we, we talked about Andrew Shaw earlier. Yeah, yeah, I understand that Shaw helps you win now. But the haul you got for him today or whenever they traded for him, you might not get the same haul next year, you know, when he's still under contract. You know, maybe he, he suffers another concussion and there you go. You just lost a second round pick, and now you're you're trading a, a fourth and a fifth. So I think trading guys like Shaw, potentially Petrie, potentially Dano means that the youngsters coming in are filling those roles on a cheap, and I guess maybe makes the team better. You know. Yeah, exactly. And and we we have the young guys. Okay, we just we we just we just need them to develop in the HL until they're ready. You know, just see, like, Brook and Paling and Suzuki. You know, if they get a few games down the AHL, get their feet under them, I have no problem training guys like Dino and having them fill in late in the season. In in theory, that's uh, that's how you get players. That's how you get, you know, in a salary cap world, that's how you, you maintain a certain level of success. You have your, your top players, and then you have players coming in, you know, on entry-level contracts that outperform their contracts, you know, I'll give you an example. A player like Brandon Point has outperformed his contract. Not saying that we have a Brandon Point in the system. I hope we do. But if you can get players to outperform their entry-level contracts or bridge deals or something like that, then you make other players expendable. And Shaw was like the first casualty of this, let's say, this wave. Yeah, and I think I think it's all going to depend on where Montreal comes, where where the, when the uh, training deadline happens next year. You know, I think they're in the playoff spot. They're really not going to look to do anything. They're going to want to keep the same team that they have. Right, and in my opinion, that starts this year. For example, let's say the 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 first and second Ds are, are Weber Petrie. Let's say your third one is Juleson or, or Brooke or Fleury. If if one of those two defensemen come in guns blazing and put up good good points in their position, it makes players expendable a lot quicker so you wouldn't trade let's say jeff petra at the trade deadline you trade him maybe in january or something you know and get get a player in return get some picks ammunition whatever whatever the case may be you know yeah exactly all right perfect any final thoughts uh that's that's uh, that's all i have all right perfect thanks guys for listening to the first edition of the puck authority uh sorry the hab added podcast Sponsored by the Puck Authority. You can see our uh, our articles on the puckauthority.com. You can find me and Armin on Twitter. Uh, we'll have those uh, those handles on the uh, on the podcast itself. Other than that, uh, Armin, you have any articles coming up? Uh, not in the works yet, but I hope to have something coming in the next few weeks. Perfect. Everybody's gonna know to stay tuned then. Definitely. All right. Have a good day, guys. Bye.